0: we call him oil he's not oil we call
1: him a bird he's not a bird we call him wind he's not wind we call him fire he's not fire he's the holy ghost the spirit of the living god for his glory he is the holy ghost scepter of the king of kings is the Holy Ghost, seal of the age to come, is changing everything tonight? Swallow your pride tonight, come to the school of the Spirit. Don't you know? In his hands are the keys to eternal life. It's a little here, a little there, And then your day will dawn. He's at work in you, changing everything. In obedience to Christ. He is the Holy Ghost, scepter of the King of Kings. Is the Holy Ghost, seal of the age to come, is changing everything tonight? Swallow your pride tonight, come to the school of the Spirit. Don't you know? In his hands are the keys to eternal life. It's a little here, a little there, And then your day will dawn. He's at work in you, changing everything. In obedience to Christ. Swallow your pride. Tonight, come to the school of the Spirit. Don't you know, in his hands are the keys to eternal life. It's a little here, a little there, and then your day will dawn. He's at work in you, changing everything in obedience to Christ. He's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the living God he's the holy ghost scepter of the king of kings he is the holy ghost seal of the age to come is changing everything tonight swallow your pride tonight Come to the school of the Spirit Don't you know In his hands are the keys to eternal life It's a little here, a little there, And then your day will dawn He's at work in you Changing everything In obedience to it's a little here, a little dear, and then your day will dawn. He's at work in you, changing everything in obedience to Christ. Thank you, oh my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your spirit till your work on earth is done. And leave your spirit till your work on earth is done. Thank you, oh, my Father, forgive Giving us your son and leaving your spirit till your work on earth is done. Forgiving us your son and leaving your spirit till. Thank you, oh, my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till your work on earth is done and leaving your Spirit till your work on earth is done holy spirit you are welcome fill this temple with your presence let it be a prayer from the depth of your heart holy spirit you are welcome Fill this temple with your presence. We wait on you, Lord. We wait on you. we wait on you. We wait on you. Lord, we wait on you. We wait on you, Lord. We wait on you, We, we wait, wait on you. you, Lord. We wait on you, Holy We you, Lord. We you, Fill this temple with your presence. Let it be a prayer from the depth of your heart. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Fill this temple with your presence. We wait on you, Lord, we wait. We wait you, Lord. We wait on you. We wait Lord. We wait We wait on you, Lord. We wait you. We wait. la you, are you. the helper,
0: the
1: one you've helped has come to worship you the one you've held has come to worship you call him the lifter
0: Lifter.
1: the lifter up of my head Lift up. The one you raised Has come to worship you The one you raised Has come
0: to worship you
1: The Lord strong and mighty The Lord mighty in battle Amen. You are this King of glory. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Amen. be so, amen, Amen. prophesy, let increase be so, let lifting be so, let spiritual fire be so, let favor be so, amen, amen. Amen. Listen. For thine is the kingdom,
0: forever ever.
1: Amen. For
0: thine.
1: The power and the glory forever and ever, You are bigger than what we say, say, say. You are bigger than what we say. You are higher than what we say, say, say,
0: say
1: you are better than what we say. Say, say,
0: say
1: you are bigger than what we say. Say say you are bigger than what we say. You are higher than what we say, say, say,
0: say.
1: you are better than what we say. Say, say, say. You are bigger than what we say. Say say you are bigger than what we say. You are higher than what we say Say, say,
0: say.
1: You are better than what we say. Say, say Holy Spirit Thou art welcome in this place Oh, there's such a mighty anointing in this place. Thou art welcome this place, Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace. Shalabalakasitevela Holy Spirit Thou art welcome in this place thou art welcome in this place me potent Father of mercy and grace <laughs> You are the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, you are the Holy Holy Ghost Take your place Take your place Take your place Take your place Take Take my body, my soul my spirit breathe on me Take my body, my soul, my spirit. Breathe on me.
2: Shalom, 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 Shalom Evening People of God, Shalom in Church, Please I believe you are all doing well. Alright, glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God myself and my family, we are all doing well. God bless you. And increase all of you. Jesus mighty. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. And keep. All of you, strong in Jesus' name. I think for some time now we've been handling the matter, of understanding the book of Revelation, and we have not been able to get the ample time to move systematically. But the Lord will help us, Amen. Because of um, some other works, we are not able to continue you know, bit by bit like the way we actually wanted things to be. But everything to that we study under the understanding the book of Revelation is on the podcast. So if you want to follow you can go and download the net so that you will not get confused. All right. So by the special grace of God, um, if I want to do a recap, uh, I will not be able to do that because uh, we've come too far. Hallelujah. So those of you who were not here from the beginning, kindly go and download a, a message from the podcast. And um, just catch up with us wherever we are. Going to. All right. So, so we've been handling the seven churches in the book of Revelation, the seven churches, and we all know that Jesus. When he appeared to John, the revelator, in the book of Revelation, he addressed seven main churches in Asia Minor. And according to biblical understanding, we have come to a point of knowing that these churches are not just churches that used to be there. Historically, they were actual churches. Biblically, we need to understand that God is using the church, which is the body of Christ as we have now. He's uh, using the seven churches to explain the seven main uh, phases of the church now. And we have been addressing what Jesus spoke about in all the churches. Now we have addressed what he spoke to the first church which is the church of ephesus and we have also addressed what he spoke about what jesus spoke about the church of smena and we have also addressed what he spoke about the church of pergamos hallelujah so in case you were not here, kindly go and download the message and listen to it. All right. Now we know that the churches were seven. So if we have been able to address three of them, then we have four more churches to go. And according to the scriptures, according to the book of Revelation, chronologically, the next church that we need to understand what Jesus spoke about them right from the church of Pergamos is the church of Theatira. The church of Theatira. Other people call it the church of Theatra, any of them. Hallelujah. And uh, go into the scriptures to know what Jesus said about this particular church. Amen. Alright, but now, before we move on to the Church of Thyatira, I want to open the floor for questions. If you have any questions with regards to what we have studied, right from the introduction of the book of Revelation, and even to the point of understanding with Jesus spoke about the Church of Pegasus and feel free and ask Amen. This course that we are doing is very, very heavy. I think we need to even do an exam that. If so I can award some people in the city. Hallelujah. Any question? Can you hear me, please? All right. So, any question? Thing. Hey, then it means you have understood everything from um, the introduction of the book. To the Pergamos Church, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I'm going to give assignment by the close of this evening's service. So please make sure you remind me. Amen. If students are like that; they will never remind them. Then the year assignment Mokai Kromun Kai lecture and it. Amen. You have to repent. Hallelujah. The gift of tongue. All right.
0: I see the spirit of the
2: Lord. If there is no question. That's great. We thank God. So now let's move to what Jesus spoke about the church of Thyatira. In the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 2, verse 18 downwards. Revelation, chapter 2, verse 18 downwards. Now listen to what Jesus said about the church of Thyatira. He said, write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. This is the message from the Son of God. Now, you see, I told you that any way that Jesus addresses himself to the church speaks of what he would say to the church in in a sense of reward or punishment at the end. I hope you recall that statement I made the other time. Only two students are saying yes. They just say, I'm not going to have it. Hey. See, let us study, people of God. Let us study if you lack the understanding in the book of Revelation, it is so simple. What it actually means is that you don't even know what the whole world is about. I'm telling you. you getting it. So you need not to lack knowledge from this side. Alright, you let's move forward. So I told you that any time Jesus is addressing himself to the church, maybe he says, I am this. I, this letter is coming from the one who does this, 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 and that. Based on the way that he speaks of himself to the church, you will now have what we say the judgment or the reward. Will be given to that particular church. So now, listen to the way he addressed himself to the church of Thyatira. He said, "This is the message from the Son of God, whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze." Now, when you look at Okay, let me come to verse 19 before I talk about it. He said, I know all the works you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. Verse 20, but I have this complaint against you. I made a statement that there are only two churches that Jesus did not have any complaints against them. Only two churches, and they are only two churches that Jesus did not find any fault with them. Okay, the church of Philadelphia, and which other church? he you and keep all of you strong in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we are going to meet at exactly 12 a.m. for priesthood time. time. No, 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 no. You can't do this. I ball up, I ball up. What? I said throughout the seven churches, there were only two churches that Jesus did not have any complaints against them. What are these churches? The next time we meet, on prophetic training, when we are talking about understanding the book of Revelation, we write a quiz. Amen. We all write a quiz. You see, we shouldn't do this to ourselves shouldn't do this to ourselves. You are the same people saying we don't understand the book of Revelation. It's too complicated. Now, by God's grace, God is bringing things down. Now, you look at from, just from the introduction to now, things have has become very clear for many of us. But we don't want to escape. Do you know that what I'm doing, if I've been employed in a certain Christian University, you know I would would take money for that, you have to pay me, I'm telling you, and maybe very soon I'll be a lecturer in a certain Christian University, you'll come and meet me there, you'll pay school fees, (laughs) hallelujah. May the Lord help us and grant us grace, please. Let us help ourselves. Hmm? So the two churches, that Jesus did not have any complaints against them. Uh, The church of Smena, and the Church of Philadelphia. Now we have understood a lot about the Church of Smyrna. we got to know that it was a persecuted church. And we got to know that even those who stand at the point of death, Jesus said he was going to give them something. What did he say? Somebody is now going to look at the Bible. Somebody's not reading the notes. Hey! This should be at your fingertips. <laughs> May God have mercy on us. Amen. Now let's... So we are looking at the church of Thyatira... Jesus is addressing himself to that church and he says this is the message from the Son of God whose eyes are like flames of fire now anytime you see fire in the book of Revelation it is speaking of something particular first he speaks of refining and second It speaks of consuming. Are you following? It speaks of refining and it also speaks of consuming. So it is either the fire consumes or it refines. But no matter what the fire does, it will still achieve the desired results that God has purposed Whether it refines or it consumes, God's purpose for that fire will be achieved. What am I trying to say? The consumption and the refining have the same end. Don't forget this statement that I've made. You will need it. The consuming fire and the refining fire of God fulfills one particular thing before God, just that that which enters through the fire is what either gains or loses so when you we pass you through that fire it is either you are consumed or you are refined when you are refined you come out pure but when you are consumed you do not come out with anything So the one that is refined will definitely receive a reward because he has overcome. And the one that is consumed will not receive any reward because nothing came out for any reward to be given. And remember a particular church. Jesus said, "The that overcome will not be hurt by the lake of fire, which is the second death and I hope we all understood that part I hope you have all understood that side I think many of us would have to go back to our, our notes and the podcast you know, listen to it again and again so that we can get our minds refreshed on what we are talking about. Hallelujah. Good. Now, Jesus is addressing the Church of Thyatira, and he said, He's the Son of God, whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. And he said, I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all things. You see, Jesus is commending the church for some of the good things that they they have done and they keep doing. But now, verse twenty says, "But I have this complaint against you: you are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin." and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Verse 22. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person. And I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. Hey, <laughs> Jesus Paul speaking up to his church, it has turned to war. the church of Jesus Christ, the bride of the Lord Jesus. Look at the way he's talking to them. He should tell you of the abominations that we have allowed in the church. But verse 24 he said, but I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching. And this false teaching is said, deep truths, as they call them, depths of Satan. Actually, hmm. there is something called the depth of Satan. What is the depth of Satan that was mentioned in the church of Atira? Hmm. Now, the Bible says that this depth of Satan is a deep teaching. We'll come to that. He said, I will ask nothing more of you. Verse 25. Except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. Verse 26. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, to them, I will give authority over all the nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my father and I will also give them the morning star. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to their spirit and understand what he is saying the churches wow wow now we are going to look at this i think as of now we should know how things are going the kind of church you are you are part of mm-hmm. hey And I told you all these seven churches they are manifesting in the body of Christ now. Do you even know, according to the word of God, that if your church celebrate Christmas, you are you are part of a certain church? If your church celebrate Christmas, you are part of a certain church because Christmas is one of the doctrines. Of the Nicolaitans, and in fact, when when Jesus was addressing the church of Pergamos, He made mention that some of them were flowing with the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. In the church of Ephesus, He said they are doing something that He, Jesus also hates. And the thing is, the church of Ephesus hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. So he didn't say that the church of Ephesus were giving to the deeds of Nicolaitans. They hated the deeds. And Jesus also hated those deeds. So Jesus commended the church of Ephesus for hating the deeds of the Nicolaitans. But as for the church of Pergamos, he said, some of them have given heed to the doctrines of the Nicolaitans. And we all know that one of the doctrines of the Nicolaitans is the celebration of Christmas. And we have all understood what Christmas actually is. And we all know that 25th December is not the birthday of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is a reason why they forced themselves to fix that date, and they made it look like the birth, the birth date of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you believe that Jesus was born on the 25th of December, there is a certain school, there is a certain kind of doctrine you have believed, and the Bible calls it the doctrine of the Nicolaitans which Jesus hates. Mm -hmm. So that one alone places you in a different church. And once you find yourself in that church, you need to listen to what Jesus said concerning judgment of that church. So that you will now make up your mind to overcome and move from that church. Amen. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Now, as Jesus is addressing the church of Thyatira, he said, this is the message from the Son of God, whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze." Now listen. When Jesus spoke about the flame of fire, he linked it to the eyes. And the reason why he linked it to the eyes, how many of us remember that school of the prophets have made a statement that whenever you want to open your eyes, there is a certain prayer you need to pray. The Lord fill my eyes with fire. How many of us remember that statement? Good. Because fire in your eyes is what gives you the ability to look into what men cannot see. So fire in your eyes gives your eyes the ability to see beyond. So as we are looking at this one here, then it is to tell us that Jesus is about to look and search the church of Satira with an eye that nobody's eye can be likened to. So what our eyes cannot see in the church Because the eyes of Jesus is like the flame of fire. When he looks at that church, he will see. Are you following? So, the eyes that are like flames of fire should let you understand that Jesus is saying that I am the one that has the ability to search into the depth where the eyes of men cannot see. So, Take note that there is going to be a searching in the church of Thyatira. Now, the second thing is that he said his feet are like polished bronze. Now, when we speak of feet in the scriptures, the word of the Lord said that God said his throne is in heaven. The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, verse 1, God said, Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Now, when we make mention of footstool, with regards or in connection to god what does it mean the first two here speaks of the exertion of god's power are you following so he sits in heaven And he makes declarations that are enforced on earth so the footstool of god speaks of the place where his decrees are enforced we all know that the laws of nations are legislated by the legislatures even in the parliament house and after the law has been passed it must be enforced among the citizens. So the place where the law is enforced becomes the footstool of the of the law. Are you listening to me? It is like a king sitting in his throne in his palace, making declarations that go to Kaswa and say everybody should sleep by six pm. Now that word that he made, he made it from his throne in the palace, but it was enforced in casua specifically. So Kaswa becomes the footstool of the king. Are you Are you getting it? So when we speak of the feet of the Lord, we are talking about the place where his judgments are enforced. Now Jesus said, his eyes are like flames of fire which means there will be a certain section in the church of thatira And then he also said, his feet are like polished bronze. Now, in the Bible, when I will, have a message that I will teach, the Lord is, I don't know, but there is this kind of pressure on my heart to teach this message. It is very heavy, but I'll make time to teach. The title is The Chemistry of God. The Chemistry of <laughs> That message will blow your mind. In fact, when God began to take me into the realms of the spirit and the realms of the heavenlies, He taught me a lot of things. And I want to combine all of them into one message a chemistry of God. This one, even if you are not a scientist, you will learn. So get ready. Even if you hate chemistry, you will like it. You now understand what chemistry is. What at all is chemistry? They will now link it to God. Because it is in this that you understand what we call biblical metals or biblical metallurgy. Understanding the metals in the Bible. Because the metals, the trees, and the things in the Bible are not just stated for fun. They mean something special and heavy in the spirit realm. When the Bible makes mention of gold, it means something. And in fact, when you go to heaven, there is what gold means. When you come to the earth, there is what gold means. But there is a certain similarity between heavenly gold and earthly gold. And the similarity is that it stands for glory and riches. Glory and riches. Are you following Now, understand that gold is a metal. There are metals in the Bible. The Bible speaks of silver. The Bible speaks of gold. The Bible speaks of tin. The Bible speaks of lead, copper, and a whole lot of things. Are you following? When I'm talking about the chemistry of God, I'll make mention of this. When we read the book of Numbers chapter 31. Numbers chapter 31 verse 22. The Bible said, "Only the gold and the silver and the brass and the iron, the tin and the lead." Look at that. God is making mention of certain metals. Now, every metal that the Bible is making mention of here has what it represents in the in the plan of God, in the spirit realm. So we need to understand that. When we say gold, what does it mean? When we say silver, what does it mean? When we say brass, what does it mean? Why is it that when somebody is 25 years, we say the person is celebrating the silver jubilee. Why is silver? Why is it that silver is linked to 25? Why is it that when a person is celebrating 50 years, We call it the golden jubilee. Why? So what does the gold stand for? What does the silver stand for? What does the brass, the iron, the tin, the lead? We'll go into all these things. What I'm talking about, the chemistry of God. Oh, you'll be so blessed. You'll be so blessed. It will give you deep understanding about the whole earth and the plan of God. Hallelujah. Good. Now, the Bible is saying that Jesus said... His feet are like polished bronze. Now, in biblical mythology, bronze stands for judgment. Other versions of the Bible will call it brass. It stands for judgment. And the reason why it stands for judgment is that it is one of the metals that can. Retain a higher level of heat without getting destroyed Are you following That is the reason why When you look So, the metal, bronze, or brass, stands for judgment. And judgment here means to retain punishment or heat. You have been judged. Are you following? So, bronze in the Bible is a symbol of judgment. So, now we have seen that Jesus' eyes are filled. His eyes are like flames of fire, which means he's going to see into the deepest part where the eyes of men cannot see, and his feet, which speaks of the enforcement of whatever he has decreed is of a polished bronze. And I told you that in the Bible, bronze is a symbol of judgment. When read the book of Numbers chapter 21, when the children of Israel sinned against God, and God allowed serpents to enter into their camp to bite them, The Bible said they began to die. Moses went to God and he pleaded on behalf of the people. And God instructed Moses. From verse 8 of Numbers chapter 21, the Bible said, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. Then the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. all who are beaten will live if they simply look at it simply so moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it he made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole then anyone who was beaten by a snake look at the bronze snake and be healed so now that bronze snake that was hanging on the pole speaks of the judgment are you following Jesus, when he came to the earth, also made a certain statement. In the book of John, chapter 3, verse 14, John chapter 3, verse 14, listen to what Jesus said. He said, and as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness which we just read in numbers chapter 21 verse 8 and 9 jesus said and as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up so what was jesus trying to say that bronze serpent that moses lifted was a typology of him who will also be hanging on the cross. The hanging of the cross actually depicts the judgment that Jesus received on our behalf. Are you following? Please church, give me a minute. I'll be with you shortly. Hallelujah. Can you hear me please? Beautiful. Now, Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So Jesus was saying that, I am the typology of the bronze serpent. Now, understand that. Moses, he made the serpent with bronze. And I told you that bronze is a symbol of judgment because it is the metal that can retain a lot of heat. And that heat speaks of judgment. So Jesus, when he was also on the cross, our judgments were upon him. So Jesus is actually saying that he is a symbol, he on the cross is a symbol of the bronze serpent. The bronze serpent because he was the one that received our judgment. So bronze is a symbol of judgment. Are you following? Good. Now, just one verse. Revelation two it and just just the way Jesus introduced himself alone is a whole message. That is why many people fail to understand this book of Revelation because they do not understand what has been spread out throughout the scriptures. Somebody will just read, and this is this is the message from the Son of God whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze, and the person will say, "Wow, this is this good. Is cool. Wow." look at the way jesus is speaking about himself oh father we worship you you are the one whose eyes are like flames of fire oh jesus you are the one whose feet are like polished bronze oh we thank you jesus this is not worship scriptures how will you understand the book bear the worship the, the lily of the valley are uh, the rose of Sharon. Oh, Jesus. You are you see, what is lily of the valley? What does he mean? What is lily? And what valley is he talking about? oh, see, you can't apply this to the book of Revelation because this one, the Bible said, it was signified. The book is in sign language. It is like the way Somebody is making signs to a deaf and dumb person. Once you come around and the person is making the signs, you don't understand. But the deaf and dumb person understands what the person is doing. So you need to be schooled in sign languages before you can understand what the person is saying. Are you following? Good. So now, Jesus, now when Jesus says, I am the one whose eyes are like flames of fire. I hope you understand what he's trying to say. Whose feet are like polished bronze. I hope you understand that one too. That means his eyes are looking into the depth, finding what the eyes of men cannot see. And then he will bring judgment to that. So, what Jesus will be doing to this church is that he will be searching and he will be making judgments. Now, verse 19, he said, I know all the things you do. I have seen your love. So, the church of Thyatira, they have love. And this love is what the church of Ephesus lacked. You remember when he was talking to the church of Ephesus, he said, they have left their first love. Therefore, they should go back to their first works. But this time around the church of Thetira, they have love. Their faith is active. And they are good when it comes to service. And they are also patient in endurance. And jesus said i can see your constant improvement in you know, all these things but verse 20 said but i have this complaint against you i mean jesus has found something what is that complaint he said you are permitting that woman that jezebel You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. Now, listen to this carefully. It is in the book of First Kings that the Bible made mention of a woman by name Jezebel. Now, if you look at First Kings from the time of Elijah and the time where John was writing this to the church, over thousands of years. Are you following? Thousands of years. In fact, the church did not even see Jezebel face to face, because Jezebel died over two thousand, three thousands of years before the Church of Thyatira was born. Exactly. So how come the church is now allowing Jezebel? Who has made herself a prophet to teach in their synagogue? How? How possible? That is to let you know that this Jezebel the Bible is talking about here is not just that woman physical Jezebel. Because as at the time, John was writing this to the church of Thetira, Jezebel was over 3,000, 4,000 years old dead and gone. That is why I keep telling that Jezebel is not just a woman. Jezebel is a system in the kingdom of darkness. And you know, the teachings of Jezebel makes herself a prophet. Now, when you hear that somebody has made herself a prophet, the next thing that should come to your mind is that the person is prophesying. Is that also? But the Bible did not say that. When Jezebel made herself a prophet, she began to teach. This is to tell you, the dangerous part of the prophetic ministry is not in the prophesying. It is in the teaching. Now listen. These teachings of that prophetic, evil prophetic system of Jezebel is actually known as the death of Satan. <laughs> hey. Satan, he has deep things in him. And those deep things are the teachings of Jezebel. Who we'll come there? God bless you, prophet of God. And to for God bless you, sir. God bless you. So Jesus said, "But I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. Now you see, Jezebel in the book of First Kings, she had over four hundred and fifty prophets that she was controlling. What?" Over four hundred and fifty prophets. Hmm. Now Jesus said, You have allowed that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. So the first work of Jezebel is that he's leading people astray. You see. The husband of Jezebel, Ahab, was not an evil man from the beginning. But the moment he married Jezebel, he turned against God. Are you following? So if you want to look at the influence of Jezebel and the extent to which that influence can destroy Look at what Jezebel did to her own husband Ahab.
0: Are you following? Beautiful.
2: The Bible spoke about how A purposed in his heart to do evil in the sight of God. Look at what the Bible is saying. 1st Kings chapter 21 verse 25, the Bible said no one else so completely sold himself So the guy sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of God. The Bible said no one else so completely sold himself to what was evil in the sight of, in the lost sight as Ahab did under the influence of his wife, Jezebel. So when Jezebel influences you, what happens is that you sell your whole self to do evil in the sight of God. And this was happening in a church that Jesus Christ died for. So when we First Kings chapter twenty-one, verse twenty, the Bible said, "And Ahab said to Elijah, Hast thou found me, O my enemy?' And he answered, 'I have found thee, because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord.'" Now, when I was when I was teaching about man, I made us understand that there are three statements of man. Are you following? three statements of man me myself and I me myself and I and most of us know about this me myself and I now these statements are actually speaking of the three dimensions of man when somebody says me the person is referring to the body when the person says myself the person is referring to the soul because self speaks of personality It is the part of you that makes you a person. The part of you that makes you a being. When we say God in three persons, we are speaking of the fact that the three dimensions of God, all of these dimensions have souls. That is not the message, but I just want you to understand. And then the I speaks of the spirit. It is the one that connects to the I am that I am. This is the reason why I will always advise you that whenever you make mention of the statement, I am, don't add any negative thing to it because it really works. Whatever you add to I am with regards to your life works. So you should not open your mouth to say, I am sick. No, that's what the Bible said. Let the weak say, You are weak. Oh? The Bible knows that, God knows that. But don't say, I am weak. Because if you say that, definitely weakness will come. And it will be very difficult to handle that. Because that statement, I, is connected to your spirit. And your spirit is the very solution that was taken from the stock solution of God's I Am. Or let me say the part of you that is connected to the very self of God, so, anytime you are making mention of something, you say, I, you have brought God into the matter. Don't add negative things to, oh, no of God, I am broke. No! It is better for you to say, things are not going well for me. When you say me, you are talking about your body. Things are not going well for me financially. It is better for you to say that. Then we will handle the, the rest. But saying, I am broke is a. Is a is it's a very bad statement. Learn this, it will help you. So, when the Bible says that Ahab sold himself to do evil, which part of him did he sell? The soul, and we have all heard this even in hip hop songs. I sold my soul to the devil, I sold my soul to the devil, I sold, because that is the part of you that the devil is is looking for, are you listening to me, you cannot sell your spirit, it is not to be sold, it is only your soul that can be sold, and once you sell your soul, your body will reflect what the buyer wants. So the Bible said no man on the earth so completely sold himself to do evil in the lost sight like the way Ahab did under the influence of his wife Jezebel. Hallelujah. In fact, the name Aham means my father's brother. Father's brother. And who is your father's brother? It is dependent on where you are coming from. Some of you will say my father. Some of you will say my uncle. I don't want to twist the message. (laughs) hallelujah we'll come back to that but we just need to understand what this Jezebel is all about now the bible said the main mission of Jezebel is to lead people astray that's the first thing but he does that by teaching them to commit sexual sin to eat food offered to idols look at that she is not telling them to go and commit sexual sin She's teaching them. Huh. Are you following? So, in the church of Theatira, they allowed Jezebel into the church. How did they allow Jezebel? Now, what are the works of Jezebel? Who is this Jezebel? Jezebel is the prophetic. Jezebel actually stands for the whole system of the prophetic and teaching ministry of the kingdom of darkness. Jezebel is a heavy system in the kingdom of darkness. Very, very big. And that system's mission is to make sure that people that are the elect of God will go astray. That they will miss the path. And the Bible said Jezebel does that by teaching them to commit sexual sin. Now, Because of what Jezebel stands for in the kingdom of darkness, the two dimensions, which is the teaching and the prophetic ministry in the the body of Christ, will be attacked by Jezebel. So when Jezebel wants to enter into a church to work, A place of work is seen in the prophetic and in the teaching. So it looks like some of the things that prophets suffer, teachers also suffer some of them. We'll come back to that. And one of the things that prophets suffer is what we call sexual immorality. Eh? And the Bible said in the church of Thyatira, it was there. Are you following? This is to let you understand that if Jezebel attacks the prophetic and the teaching ministry then definitely the church of Thyatira was a prophetic and a teaching church Are you getting it So any church where the, the, any church where the prophetic is embraced and the teaching of Christ is well executed Jezebel will be interested in that church. And when she enters, she will distort the prophetic and she will distort the teaching. To a point where people who are pastors and prophets will start teaching that there is nothing wrong with sexual immorality. And the moment they begin to teach these things, they will lead the people astray by causing them to engage in sexual immorality. Are you following? So Jezebel was teaching the people to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. Now, in most of our churches, what we do here is that people who go into prostitution and when they get money, they'll come and sow seed and the pastor will bless them. The moment they receive the seed, that fat envelope, the pastor will remove his shoes. So, my dear, kneel down, kneel down. Then God and I say, Ah, That God will lift you. Whatever work you are doing will prosper. What it first means is that your prophetic has been distorted. Because if it had not been distorted, you would have known the source of that money. And when you take that money and you put it on the altar of God, you are actually eating of the food offered to idols. See where the thing is getting to. Here is what, If you study the seven churches, you will know that what Jesus is looking for. It will take grace. That's what he said. Let them that have ears listen to what the Spirit without the spirit forget it you cannot attain that state which is a church without sport and without the spirit i'm telling you and the thing is the spirit is in the church but many people cannot hear what he see. May the Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. Good. So now, He said, I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will greatly will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. So, in the church of Thyatira, people were committing sexual immorality, and it was coming from a teaching that oh, Jesus, even sex cries nothing to God. It's not you Know the, what God is thinking, you no know, sex cry is nothing, so like you just oh, you can go ahead and do it, no problem. He doesn't find any problem with that. Hey, this thing will continue to a point where they will start talking about, oh, you know, it, it doesn't even matter if you have, if you see any lady, you love and you want to marry her, whether you are married or not, you can just take her as, you know, throughout the Bible, once you can take care of 15 wives, you can marry 15 wives. These are the teachings of Jezebel. The teachings of Jezebel are known as the depth of Satan. If you want to know the depth very deep things in Satan listen to Jezebel and the highest point of Jezebel's mission is that a man will sell his soul that is all that is all Satan is looking for that you will sell your soul to him that is all that is the highest peak now let me tell you something about Jezebel do you know that in the prophetic, God has placed prosperity in the hands of the prophetic mantle? And let me see prophets. So the Bible said, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. There is prosperity linked to the Prophetic. This is an ancient law that God established. Prosperity is linked to the prophetic. So definitely you should understand that if Jezebel stands for the prophetic and the teaching ministry in the kingdom of darkness, then there is wealth in that dimension. I mean wealth. That is why when you see Jezebel, she was adorned with pure gold. Crystals. Hallelujah. Good. Now, verse twenty-three, Jesus said, I will strike her, her children dead then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts. Listen to what Jesus is saying here. I will strike her children dead. Who are the children of Jezebel? said the children of Jezebel I will strike them dead and he said then all the churches will know listen to what Jesus is saying that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and the intentions of every person what comes to your mind what comes to your mind when Jesus says I'm the one searches out the thoughts and the intentions of every person with regards to what i was talking about from the beginning oh you have forgotten the eyes that are flames of fire So the striking speaks of the judgment and the eyes. So you see, we have understood that when Jesus was talking about the eyes that are flames of fire, it means he was going to search. And now he has told us. Hear me, please. Good. Now listen to what the King James said about this verse. Verse 23. He said, And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the rings. Now the word rings is the word kidney (laughs) from which we have the word renal function test. So those of you who are a medical laboratory scientist, you understand what I'm talking about. When there is anything called renown, we are speaking of a kidney. Now, Jesus is saying that it's because his eyes are flames of fire. He will search. All the churches will know that he's the one that searches the kidneys and the hearts. Why is he searching the kidneys? What is in the kidney that Jesus is searching? Deli <laughs> kohosaba. If I want to explain these things, <laughs> if I want to pick everything one by one, oh, by the time we get to the last chapter of the book of Revelation, you will be very heavy. When we are walking, You know that to more you do. Hallelujah. So, why is Jesus searching the kidneys? What does the kidney stand for? Should I give this as an assignment? Somebody is giving a beautiful answer here. The person said the kidney cleanses the blood of toxins. That's a very beautiful answer here. You know, inside your kidney, your kidney will filter the blood. And when the blood is filtered, The toxins that will come out of the kidneys will will be in the form exactly it will pass through urine in the form of urea and other substances. Are you following? And I think I made mention of urea some time ago. Anatomy and physiology. Len, Len, the man fo have for a more pier. to his goofies. I a size waves, and not Now, the kidney is actually an organ in the body that cleanses and takes out evil from the body. The evil here means toxins or unwanted substances. So when we say Jesus is searching your kidneys, he's actually looking at the the part of you that takes away negative intentions and thoughts from you. Now, when your kidneys develop any problem, what happens here is that everything that is in you that your body does not need cannot be excreted. It will stay in your body. And you know, some of these toxins are very, very, very dangerous. You can die within a few minutes. That is why there is something we call dialysis. And in dialysis, what they do is that instead of the kidney to do its work of filtration, you know, we know the nephron is connected to the kidney. Instead of the kidney to You know, cleanse everything, filter the blood and take away the um, toxins in the blood. Because the kidney is broken down, all the toxins are still in the body. So what happens is that they connect the person's kidney to a machine. Now that machine will now filter everything. So now your kidney is not working. So that machine will now work. So I love chemical pathology. In fact, I love chemical pathology than any other. um, Let me see course in med lab. I love it. When I was in level hundred, I think level two hundred, hematology was trying to. Capture my heart. But when we entered into chemical pathology, I said, ah, this is the one I love. (laughs) See, anything chemical is very spiritual. Are you listening to me? That is what what I'm talking about, the chemistry of God. I'll let you understand what, what is chemistry. What is the origin of the word chemistry? Oh, we will be blessed. You will understand that In fact, chemistry started in Africa. It is an Egyptian ancient work. Are you following? All right, good. Hallelujah. Chemistry is a very, very, very deep you know field. I'm telling you. Maybe when I begin to explain things further, start loving chemistry. Hallelujah. When somebody is crying, maybe somebody spoke a certain negative word to you. And immediately, got sad and you began to cry. A chemist would now want to look at why, what happened inside you that made you cry. Where did that tears come from? What ignited those tears? What is happening inside of you? When we say somebody is emotional, somebody is sad, what happens in the person's body that depicts that the person is sad? Are you you getting what you're So a chemist would want to know the body fluids, the components and what they stand for and everything so that when somebody starts crying, a chemist can say, oh, okay, so this is working inside the person. Now, if you check the person right now, you realize that um, this so-so-and-so called um, maybe certain chemical by name biophosphate or this has increased in the blood and in fact when you go and check it might be the same so a chemist actually looks at the unseen part that is influencing what we see this is the same work that a software engineer does he looks at the software of the hardware this is the same thing that we men of God we do we diagnose from the spiritual world what is happening to this physical body what is influencing it from the spirit so chemistry is very spiritual Whereas physics comes from the word physical, that deals with physical things that we can see and can explain to an extent. Chemistry deals with what we cannot see, that influences what we see. See that? You see, we are loving science. science teacher named three months ago, a human science one science, I said, that. Quantum physics is in a certain streamline with chemistry, but a little bit different. Because it's <laughs> a yeah, this is science and class, and not science class. That's who women calls for no a Hallelujah. So we we'll talk about this when we are talking about the chemistry of god now and i said by force by hook or book so let so now jesus said i'm the one that searches the kidneys and the heart why the heart because inside the heart the heart is also divided into two main dimensions we all know you so let's talk about the left ventricle and the right ventricle There is one that pumps oxygenated blood. That means that that part of the heart pumps blood that has oxygen inside. And the oxygen will go to all the tissues in the body. It becomes the life source of the tissues. But there's another part of the heart that pumps deoxygenated blood. That means that part of the heart pumps blood that does not have oxygen. Now, because it does not have oxygen, that kind of blood is the part of blood that carries all the debt, all the toxins. And that is what is supposed to pass through the kidneys so that the kidneys will feel tight and bring out the toxins out of it. So there is a link between your heart and your kidneys. And in fact, what you read the New Living Translation. Two different words were used for the heart and the kidneys. Whilst King James was saying heart, kidneys and heart, the New Living Translation says that then all the churches will know I am the one who searches out their thoughts and the intentions of every person. Their thoughts and the intentions. So that is to clearly let you know that <laughs> And we all know that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So thoughts come from the heart. But intentions come from your kidneys. The gift of tongues.
1: I see the spirit of the Lord come upon you.
0: (laughs) The Holy Ghost sent from heaven.
2: Hallelujah. Are we we getting something here? And we'll go into intentions for you to understand. What is intention? Do you know that somebody can sit down and intentionally do what is evil so that word intentions actually speaks of perposing their thoughts so thoughts would generate from the heart but then when it hits the point of intentions it has been solidified us somewhere. Exactly. You see, that's why I'm telling you that there is, we need to understand these things. There is a, a great link between your heart and your kidneys. Now, we are just using the physical parts to explain. When you go into the soul, the heart actually, when the Bible makes mention of the heart, the heart becomes the seat of the soul. Are you following? The seat of the soul. Now, the seat of the soul actually speaks of what the soul actually is sitting upon. And it is that place, that thoughts, are formed. Do you know that if there is no deoxygenated blood coming from the heart, the kidneys will have no work to Hope you know what I'm talking about. Good. So you see. your heart, you need to understand that there is actually a slight difference between a thought and an intention. A slight difference. The thought actually is the raw material, the raw state. But intention is the solidified thought. Are you getting it? An intention Is a concluded thought. And the conclusion does not take place in the heart. But because it is still a thought, we can attribute it to the heart. Because that is where it originates from. An intention is also a thought. Just that it has been concluded. So when the Bible speaks of the intent of the heart, it is actually not... um, a distortion of the fact that intents are formed in the kidneys and I think I would link the kidneys to a certain dimension of the soul so that you understand what I'm talking about exactly exactly Bishop Sadly, that's on point. Are you following? Now let's conclude what only one church, only one church, one two hours. Even that one cry, had to skip some things because if I was going into Jezebel, Jezebel alone is a whole sermon, and if you want to also enter into what the Bible calls the death of Satan, which is the teachings of Jezebel, we will not finish. So I've just skipped most of them so that at least we can get an overview of the whole thing. Are you following Now, Jesus said, I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and the intentions of every person. And I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. Verse 24. But I also have a message for the rest of you in the Who have not followed the false teaching? So you see, there were some of the people in Thyatira who were not following the false teaching of Jezebel. And he said this false teaching is called the deeper truths, as they call them, depths of Satan. There were some of them in the church of Thyatira who are not giving themselves. those doctrines to the false teachings of Jezebel known as the depths of Satan. So God has deep things. Satan also has deep things. Now, when it comes to the deep things of God, it is the spirit of God that searches. But when it comes to the deep things of Satan, it is the spirit of the Antichrist that searches. And it is clearly seen in the system. Of Jezebel he said Except that you hold tightly To what you have until I come Verse 26 He said To all who are victorious Who obey me To the very end To them I will give authority Over all the nations And they will Rule the nations with an iron rod and smashed them with clay pots so you remember when Jesus was actually addressing himself to the church of Thyatira he made mention of the fact that his feet are like polished bronze he made mention of a certain metal now he's also speaking and we all understood that wrongs is stands for judgment. Are you following? Good. Now, what does ION stand for in the Bible? I'm giving this as an assignment. God willing, tomorrow I'm going to take it. Biblically, what does iron stand for? Amen. So, God willing, tomorrow evening when we are having um, prophetic training, I'm going to ask. Amen. And Chemo being Taipei, as an type the same thing. Some of us are like that. And you we free class too. Sa to What I Huh? Hallelujah. Now, where we have got into, I will touch on the rest tomorrow evening, because we have some deep things here. If I want to talk about them, I will not finish. I have just a few things to talk about. First, we are going to talk about the victorious ones in the Church of Thyatira. Jesus said, those that become victorious is going to give them authority over all the nations." So there will be a particular church, when they speak, the nations will shake. but they have authority. And Jesus said, you also let them rule the nations of this world with iron rod, iron rod, not the iron rods they used to build houses. But when we say a rod, what does a rod mean? And when we say iron, what does iron symbolize? This will give you a clear understanding of what ruling with an iron rod means. Are you following? Do you remember that when Moses encountered God at the burning bush, God spoke from the burning bush and asked Moses, what is in your hand? He said, "Rod." Then he said, put it down. Moses put it down. Then he turned to sneak. Then God said, hold it by the tail. You know you don't touch a snake by its tail. It will definitely turn its head to bite you. When you want to catch a snake, you hold it around the neck area so that you can be free from the bite. But God told Moses, pick the snake. Then Moses held the snake by the tail, and it turned to rod again. Then now God said, Moses, go to Egypt with the rod of God. The rod was the rod of Moses. But after it turned to snake, and Moses picked it from its tail, it became the rod of God. And it was this rod that God used to rod great miracles, even in the land of Egypt. It was this same rod that parted the Red Sea into two. It was this same rod that Moses hit the, the rock with it and waters came out. So what does the rod stand for? When you look into the Ark of the Covenant, inside the Ark of the Covenant was one of Aaron's rod that parted. So David said, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What is rod? What does it stand for? And why is Jesus saying that he will let the people rule the nations of the world with an iron rod? What does iron stand for? Hallelujah. All right. And also he said, they will have the same authority I received from my father. And I will also give them the morning star. Which morning star? What does the morning star stand for? That one alone is a full message. That's why I said, if I want to touch that, we will not close. Amen. He didn't say, I will give them a morning star. He said, I will give them the morning star. So this is a definite, a specific morning star. Who is this morning star? And what does this morning star stand for? Hallelujah. So take note. We are going to um, understand these things. Amen. Now you read the Bible. The word of the Lord said, You know, haven't we sung a song that said, Jesus is the bright morning star before? Have you heard of that song? Okay. Now, we all know also, that the Bible spoke about Hillel, or Satan, as a morning star. So what is this thing that Jesus is, Satan too was? That Jesus will give into to the one that will become. We need to understand these things. Hallelujah. <laughs> you see that right now, the book of Revelation is, is the reason why many people don't want to read. Because this one, if you want to read it like a normal reading, you will never understand. You will never understand. Since we started, we are still in, we have now about we are now about to complete chapter two. <laughs> we have 20 more chapters to go. Somebody is giving us the meaning of the rock. I'll take it tomorrow, God willing. The will be up for all. <laughs> Then he said, Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Amen. So, God willing, tomorrow evening we are going to continue. Our Church of that team and the Lord will help us and that is my name. Jesus precious mighty. Amen. Alright, let me take some few questions. Let me take some few questions. Have you any questions you Someone said that it is. I help that. The deep things of God will call them the darkness of God. How true is that? Um, at a point, it is true. Because I've already spoken about... Um <laughs> so to let my question is, what, what does ions emphasize? That's our question. Said in, 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 in. Hallelujah. So you see, I told you that there are many dimensions, there are two main dimensions in God, in you knowing God. The first one is the depths, and the second one is through the heights. There are deep things in God, there are higher things in God. The deep things in God are called mysteries, the higher things in God are called revelations. When it comes to Revelation, it takes light for us to get Revelation. But the deep things of God, because they are mysteries, they are hidden things. And where things are hidden means the place where light has not yet reflected. That is darkness. Are you getting it? So the deep things of God can actually be termed as the hidden things of God. And God loves to hide things. I'm telling you, when we read Isaiah chapter 45, verse 15, Isaiah chapter 45, verse 15, you bring out what your version says. God, he loves to hide. And God, he hides himself in darkness. There is one thing that God is hidden and another thing that God cannot be approached. We are not deceived. When God is hidden, you cannot even see him at all. You don't even have the sense that there is God here. So Isaiah chapter 45 verse 15, the Bible said, Verily thou art a God that hides yourself. O God of Israel, the Savior. God, he hides himself. And he hides himself by clothing himself with darkness. Yes. He clothed himself with darkness. That's how God hides himself. Are you getting it? But when you see God as light, at a certain point you can see a light, but you just can't approach it. But you can see the hidden dimension of God. And that is the darkness dimension. But man of God, the Bible said that God is light. In Him is light, and there is no darkness. Listen to what the Bible said: In God there is no darkness, but He clothed Himself with darkness. So darkness is outside God, not in God. I don't forgetting my point. So your clothes, the one you wear, you put on yourself. It is very different from your IQ. Your clothes are very different from your liver. Your liver is an internal thing, but your clothes are external things. So when you come out and people look at you, they can even address you by the way you are dressed. Nobody can see you and say, "Oh wow, your your liver looks so beautiful. Oh, this is an amazing." Then I'm seeing, oh look at oh, just look at your no because your liver is heading. <coughs> Are you following? Alright, God bless you. Somebody said, should our question be from today's session? Because I have a question from one of your past teaching. I wish you could have asked a um, question on what we have taught you. Know, but you. if you have any question on any on previous teaching, ask me. All right. Okay, Bishop, definitely when you fast, it will affect your your, your kidneys in a beautiful way. Your kidneys will become more healthy, your heart will also become more healthy when you fast. Because when you are fasting, you are not introducing a lot of things into your system that will also bring unwanted things. When you fast, you decrease the workload your kidney and you make it you know, refresh itself so there's a whole lot of um, health tips fasting to so you to understand there's a link there's a link there God bless you God bless you someone said is there a reason why God used the people of Israel? Oh, I have a message on the Israel of God. When you when you listen to that message, you understand it. So blessed. Are you getting it? Beautiful. Somebody said, I'm Sorry to throw us off topic, but I was recently listening to your teaching on the secrets of body fluids and you spoke a lot about the amniotic fluid and pregnancy. With this in mind, what is the spiritual implication of surrogacy, if there is any? Okay, now you have to break it down for people to understand. In this context, what does surrogacy mean? That's a very powerful and beautiful question. But we want to understand surrogacy from the context so that the, the proper answer can be given. Are you getting it? When another woman carries your child, okay, now is it that? They take the ovaries of the woman, and they take the spear of the woman, of a man, and they mix it and put it in the womb of another woman. Is this what you are trying to say? All right. There can be spiritual implications, in a way, because when the placenta and everything starts forming, the child will start taking things straight from the woman that is carrying her. Now, because the DNA and all the cells in the child is from different parents, the child might look like the actual parents, but certain characteristics, certain behavioral patterns will look like the woman who had the child in a womb. Are you listening to me? Yes, because the placenta and the umbilical cord does a whole lot of spiritual assignments there. It makes the child so connected to the woman whose womb is lying. And especially even when the child is born, and that same woman begins to breastfeed the child. Even though that is not the actual child, but because she's the one that gave birth, as in through the birth canal, and fed the baby. There are many things in that woman that will reflect in the child. And it will become very difficult for the child to disconnect from that kind of woman. Even if care is not taken, The child can even tell you the one whose ovaries were taken that you are not my mother. But the face of the child and everything will look like you whose ovaries were taken. But the behavior and everything will look like the woman who had the child in her womb. let me say, who conceived the child. Are you getting it? You need to understand. That is why... When somebody is breastfeeding your child for you there is an implication over there. The child can actually be your spa but after some time the child will be so connected to the person that you you love. if fact, do that oh, people do that nowadays don't want their body shapes to be distorted. But I listened to one Nigerian actress. She has a daughter. But she did not conceive the child. She just removed her um, ovaries and they mixed it with her husband's um, spams. And they cultured the child in a, in a machine. Mm. This one was not even in somebody's womb. They cultured the child. So you see, there is a demonic thing that is coming in our days where women don't want to get pregnant, but they want to have children. And if you want to understand the root of this whole thing, you need to understand the being by name, Lelette, because she is the custodian all these things I have a message on Lily can go and check the Lord bless us all and grant us divine grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus amen amen someone said please daddy are we missing the point when we don't call our maker by his Hebrew name no we are not missing any point so long as the spirit is in you even if you say thank you father once the Holy Ghost speaks that is all. We just get the Hebrew meaning of his name to understand the fastness of his deeds and what he speaks of himself. You get it? So anybody that tells you if you mention Jesus, that is not the true name of Jesus, go and mention Yeshua Hamashiach. If you don't mention Yeshua and you mention Jesus, it, you are not saying anything. The person is ignorant. That is an ignoramus right there. The Bible said he that speaks by the Spirit that's not called Jesus a guest. The only thing you need is that the Holy Ghost is in you and that he speaks through your tongue. That's the most important thing. Are you listening to me? Don't let anybody deceive and put you into some strict um, positions. Leave them alone. Because this when you want to sit down with them to go Bible by Bible and understand meanings of things. They don't have. They, they just can't sit down to study. You are the people too that are very loud. You are then saying that uh, instead of mentioning Yeshua HaMashiach, they are saying Jesus. You are all lost. You say, brother, Please come, let's talk about this. What do you understand by this one? What do you understand by Jesus? When you understand, you know that they are they are empty heads walking about. They are like balloons floating in the in the. pink <thought that> God bless us. That is why you should not like the argument of foolish people. Are listening to me? It's not everybody you can argue with. While somebody is arguing and you see that the person is open to the truth, you can sit down with the person. You find that what they are arguing. But if you see The person has made up his mind. to do not listen to whatever you are seeing. Don't make up your mind to argue. That moment, you become a fool like the person. All you keep your senses with Proverbs chapter 26, verse 4 and 5. You listen to this verse carefully and try to see if you understand. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 4 and 5. I know some of you. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 4 and 5. Say, answer not everything according to this fool. Lest thou also be like unto. Verse 5 he said, Answer a fool according to his own, lest he be wise in his own conceit. So are we going to answer them or not? Can somebody give me the New Living Translation? He said don't answer a fool in his foolishness, else you will be as foolish as he is. Then he said answer a fool according to his foolishness, else you will think he is wise. Answer the foolish argument of fools, or you become as foolish as they are. Be sure to answer foolish argument of fools, otherwise, he will be wise in his own eyes. said, so Do not answer nor pretend to agree with the frivolous comments of a closed-minded. Did you see that? A closed-minded. So the key word here is a closed mind. The person is not open to the truth. If you see that the person is not open to the truth, move away. But when you see that a fool is giving out some things, saying certain things, giving out arguments, and you know that, continue with that one. Argue. Are you getting it? Argue with that. And this one will lead us to biblical argument or the argument of faith, which speaks of Christian apologetics. This year we'll learn a lot of things do Christian apologetics. At this course of Christian apologetics, get ready. I'm not sure all of us can do that. So I will get a specific group. Do entrance exams. If you pass, add you to the School of Christian Apologetics. If you don't pass, you are still part of us. Yes, that apologetical we cannot get to that session. Amen. <laughs> Alright, the Lord bless all of us and give. Because the way apologetics is uh, if you there are many dimensions of apologetics. I'm telling you, so get ready. There are many dimensions in apologetics. It's not only when... See, when you are talking to a Muslim, it is different from when you are talking to an atheist. I hope you know that. But in all, you are defending your faith. That act of defending the faith of Christianity is Christian Christian apologetics. But the way you would defend it to a Muslim is different from the way you defend it to an atheist. So you need to understand where they are coming from. Now, there are certain people who are scientists. They believe in a certain God. But some scientists don't even believe in God So if you want to argue with a scientist who is also an atheist, and you don't know science, forget it. That's why I said we do entrance exams. As your apologetic mission is limited. And when you are talking to a philosopher who is an atheist, it is different from a scientist who is an atheist. So you need to also know a certain background of philosophy. It is not an easy task, but the Lord is going to help us. The entrance exams, open, see nice one. One see ya, nice one. Minna, it's nice. God bless you and favor all of you. At the 12 AM GMT, we are calling a for peaceful time to find a prayer. Make sure you join us. The Lord bless you all and favor you. Somebody said, race it. Ladies, we're going to see what they were all up there. We're going to get you a race. we're going to In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you and feel you all we shall meet at so, um, the
3: He ready da wa See Yeah it Christ, to me you know, yeah, now you need me, me. The Lord in the morning, early in the morning, in the morning, I will rise and praise the Lord. In the morning, in the morning, in the morning. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. I know you come from heaven, above The Holy Spirit sit on the throne. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. I know you come from heaven above. Holy Spirit, sit on. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. I know you come from heaven above. Hey, i Aha, uh, aha, aha. So, oh, 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 oh,